laughing big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years The shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup it is Wednesday, the 25th of uh, August. <laughs> August. Welcome to Two Guys, yep. One Cup, an AFL podcast, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson, and as you may have picked up from that uh, introduction, Charlie Clawson, before you introduced the podcast, uh, footy's taken a little out of me in the last couple of weeks. Uh, mate, I am uh, Charlie Clawson, that is for sure, and understandably for you. I mean, what... A weekend for Bulldog supporters. Oh, it was just the fuck. meme that you posted of a drunk Bugs Bunny <laughs> sitting at the bar, his ears flattened, his eyes bloodshot. I'm like, yeah, that to me seems accurate for what it must have been like for you guys. Because first of all, you look like you had that game in the bag against Port Adelaide Friday night. First three quarters, you're playing really well. And I'm like, oh yeah, Bulldogs, this is this is exactly what you need before I don't, the finals are tuned I don't up. think that's true. I think we played oh, well really? for the first half of the first quarter. We played great. We came out of the blocks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> look at this. I am not left-handed. Look at what we've got <laughs> up our sleeves. Fucking come on, Bulldogs. I'm getting all excited. And then Port just, you could see it. Like they shut us down. Like we scored most of our goals in the first eight minutes of the game. And then they yeah. just, even in that first quarter, even though they did not peg back any of the lead because they were kicking really inaccurately, they just had the game in their control after that. And I was shocked that we were like, I mean, we did almost win it. We probably should have mm. won it in the end. And I do not think we would have deserved to win it. I think Port Adelaide were clearly the better team for most of the night. Well, it's okay, because at least you go to bed that night thinking, well, you know, as long as Brisbane don't kick a high enough score over the Eagles, we'll still finish top four. No, and so then... you're, you've got it completely wrong, because that oh, right. would be, in a way, I don't know, different to my weekend. I'll talk you what, okay. what through actually yeah, happened as Bulldog supporters. So we lose to Port Adelaide. Bevo comes on and does his press conference and goes, you know, well, we fucked that up, didn't we? <laughs> we remember when we beat Melbourne three, four weeks ago and we were at top of the ladder and now we're not in the, the... So he was basically resigned to not being in the top four. And I think most Bulldogs fans were with him. We were resigned to the fact that we weren't going to make the top four. I, some of them, like me, did not even start watching the start of the West Coast Brisbane game because I did not want to see it happen. And then, yeah. Charlie... The fucking messages started flying around that we were a fucking sniff. West Coast were going to do the right thing. Mate, in the third quarter, when West Coast like got back to basically even in that game, I am cheering for West Coast like I've never cheered for fucking Bulldogs <laughs> in this season. Like I am like, if this is going to happen, it's all going to be absolutely fine. And then, Charlie, spoiler alert, it was not fine. <laughs> Do you think this is part of Bevo's long-term strategy, which is you are the bottom half Bulldogs. Yeah. You don't win premierships from top four. You win them from the bottom four of the eight. We're not is tops, that we're what's bottoms. going on here? That's his theme. Bottom four Bulldogs. <laughs> Everyone's like, Bevo, uh, these, this isn't the only context you can use those terms. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Look, I, 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 I think there's more going on at the Bulldogs than just your ladder position. I think the injuries you've had this year, 
you've been holding back the tide for the entire season. I think you're going on. The Bruce one was just the kind of that's the straw that broke yeah. the camel's back, and and now it's kind of the height issue because if you're going to come up, there's now there's two, three sides, I guess, in playing finals now that all have huge forward lines, three pronged forward lines, and if you come up against them, you're really going to struggle. Well, mate, it starts in the middle. Like, I mean, that game on Friday night, like Tim English basically didn't ruck for the entire game and because we needed to use him down forward and for whatever other reasons. Like Mitch Hannon's in the ruck, Bonton Pally's in the ruck. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's all well and good to have an awesome midfield, but if you can't get the ball to the midfield in the first place, then it becomes a problem. And then, yes, as you said, there are just gaps opening up all over the field at the moment. And, and, you know, like Norton hasn't been the same since his concussion. Bonton Pally's like, you know, dropped off for the last sort of five five or so weeks. Like there's a few guys that are just playing a bit. I mean, they, that first five minutes of the Port game, you were like, oh, no, no, we're, we can still play really well. We can still do this. But it just feels like there aren't all the right pieces in. Like I never thought we were really, like I was all season very sceptical about the fact that we were a top two team. I always felt like we were more of a... Every game was a danger game, as far as you were concerned. I feel like you were partially responsible for this, Will. (laughs) Well, I mean, here's what I would say, is I always thought we were doing better than, you know, perhaps we were in a position to be doing. I always thought that you just look at some of those players and I felt like we still had like a few spots in the field. But it wasn't a problem for so much of the season that you're starting to think, well, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I wasn't fucking wrong. I wanted to be wrong, Charlie. <laughs> please, could I just be wrong? Could I be wrong about the Bulldogs in the way that I was wrong about COVID? Please, I'm wrong about shit all the time. Well, Melbourne's finished on top of the ladder. Um, and so I think we can say conclusively it is now their premiership to lose. I mean, I think uh, they're the story of the season now, aren't they? Easily. I mean, Mel, I think there is a lot of, like, but I think the public support is... I think people find it hard to get behind mm, Melbourne, but I feel yeah. like I'm starting not to s- hear some people start to go, oh, it'd be nice to see Melbourne win it. Yeah, it, it's weird though. Like it's wanting Melbourne to win is like wanting the dorky, like if it's a love triangle, you know, if it's like pretty in pink and you've got like Andrew McCarthy and Ducky or whatever, like, you know, the Bulldogs are Ducky, the dorky like underdog, you know, who you just like more and you want him to win. And Andrew McCarthy's a kind of like vanilla dork. You don't really want to see Molly end up with Andrew McCarthy. So Melbourne's like that. It's like, yeah, I, I guess they're a good option. And I understand that, you know, she's in love with him. But I mean, there's nothing. The only exciting thing about it is that it's, it's, they've got the longest drought going on. But there's something about that Melbourne culture which doesn't endear itself to people. Is there something that you think that is lessened by that, by the fact that people are now aware that if Melbourne do win the premiership, they're probably going to do it in Perth, not in front of the MCC members? <laughs> we'll let you have a premiership, but only if it tortures your supporters. <laughs> Maybe. I think there is – I think the, I, I think this is perfectly set up for some Melbourne heartbreak just because um, – who was it? There's one of the commentators was talking about, I think it was maybe David King was saying that you don't want to finish top of the ladder. Like if you look at recent history, top of the ladder is actually, they, it's only, they've only won the flag once in the last seven years or something like that. You want to finish second or third. And I feel like even though Geelong were all over them and it was a really great comeback and stuff, Geelong are these old pros. Like Geelong are the kind of hitman who's been on a million missions 
They've been in a million like firefights and they just were just getting their measure. It didn't really matter in the end. They knew they were going to finish top four. They, they would let Melbourne have have their grand final four weeks early. Well, I so switched over. Then, huh? I, I thought Geelong had it so much in the bag. Like I watched it up until the point where Geelong were like had kicked all those goals in a row mm. and was just like, well, this is boring. This is over. I'm going to watch the other game. And so I flipped over to the other channel and then I heard them update the live ladder and Melbourne were on top and I was I like, know, what the weird. fuck happened? But I just felt like there was t- the, all that kind of, you know, those highlights videos about Max Gorn's mark and goal and there was so much kind of celebration about that. Yeah. And I'm like, this feels premature. I just feel like, look, as a Saints supporter, we finished on top of the ladder in 2009. We only lost two games for the year and we didn't win the grand final. Like just because you should win the grand final doesn't mean you will win the grand final. And I just feel like Geelong, who I wrote off, Geelong, who I predicted wouldn't even make finals this year, I'm like, ah, oh, there's something about them. They're the expendables. You know, they've just got this this group of kind of hard-bitten mercenaries. Joel Selwood's he'll be willing to kill someone to win another win another flag. He's been throwing elbows and gut punches all year. And it's like, just put him in a grand final when he's like, I'll get rubbed out for six weeks. I do not care. I'll pull someone's eyeball out. You know the most interesting thing is for all the fuss we make during the season about all the teams that are flying up the ladder or down the ladder and all these sort of things. Essentially, we've landed in like the top four being three of the top four from last year. Yeah. Like, it, Apart it from shouldn't, Richmond. It shouldn't be a surprise to us, really, that like Port Adelaide and Brisbane ended up being in the top four because Port Adelaide and Brisbane were two of the best teams in the competition last year and they are, again, two of the best teams in the competition this year. It makes well, sense. I, I feel like well, Port, I put Port Adelaide in that same category as Geelong, which is that sort of flinty-eyed assassin. You know, they've been there enough. They've been thereabouts. Their coach, like, you know, Chris Scott, is a real – he's a guy you don't fuck around with. He's been there before. He's, you know, I think he, he's got his eyes on the prize. Whereas, I don't know, I love Brisbane. But I just look at – if you compare the three coaches and you're like, who is a ruthless flinty-eyed killer – it's not Chris Fagan. Like, I think, I don't know if Chris, I'd love to think that Chris Fagan has that killer instinct where he would go and whisper to one of his midfielders to pull out someone's eyeball to win a flag. I don't know he would, but I think Chris Scott would definitely get Sol Selwood to pull someone's eyeball out. I mean, Chris Fagan celebrating Brisbane, yeah, getting enough points. In Pants around his ankles. Was the only thing that <laughs> genuinely kind of softened the blow for me. I was like, well, at least he's having fun. I'm glad yeah. that he's having a good time. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like, do you think of all those kind of – and then there's um, Simon Goodwin, who I just feel like he's too inexperienced. Who knows? Like, Simon Goodwin may turn out to be a Chris Scott, like a ruthless killer. Yeah. But I just I, – I can't imagine – I would be so terrified to be coached by Chris Scott to make another grand final and not win it. I think those players are terrified. They're going to have to win it because what's he going to do if they don't? I mean, the thing I like about Melbourne is that their supporters are not afraid to get ahead of themselves. Really? Like, I do think that there is a genuine, like, Melbourne, like, go really quickly from one to the other. It's either the best of times or the worst of times. And mm. I admire that. I think as a Bulldog supporter, there's just this inbuilt caution to things are not as good as they appear to be. It's all going to fall apart soon. I don't know why I would have that emotion. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with Melbourne, what I love is their capacity to just flick from one to the other. Like there's some yeah, who yeah. are still like, it's all doom and gloom. Absolutely. But then there's some who are just like, nah, fuck it. I'm flicking it the entire other way. Well, you know what I think it is? They 
it's pretending. They're faking it till they make it. They don't actually genuinely believe it, but they've seen what Hawthorne supporters, how they behave, and West Coast supporters and Collingwood supporters. And so they're adopting the airs and graces of what successful teams look like. But I don't know that they believe it. I think if you dug down deep into it, it's all bravado. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Like Clayton Oliver's good though, right? He might win the Brown though. Him or Ollie Wines. Ollie Wines was massive in that poor game. What a year he's had. He's it feels For a guy like who, he, like he's a classic example, isn't he? Of one of those guys that came in, everyone thought he was going to be, you know, the next big superstar. Had a few seasons where through injury and body shape and, you know, all hmm. these sort of things, he didn't play as well. Like had a water skiing accident, obviously. <laughs> that <Yeah>. didn't help. <laughs> And then something was a bit like, ah, oh, yeah, he's no good. Only Wines, he's never going to be the player he is. And then this season, he has just been absolutely top five, if not the best player in the comp. You know what I think about that as well, is knowing what Kane Corns has said about Matt Rowell. Kane Corns would have been at the power when Ollie Wines started. Do you think maybe Ollie Wines' development was inhibited by the fact that the twerp was one of his teammates? Go on, what, what's like, his game? What does he yeah. do? What makes what are your special? weapons? <laughs> Where are his weapons? <laughs> I know he's 11, but where are his fucking weapons? (laughs) I know he's got two broken shoulders, only one knee, and he's 11 years old, but where are his fucking weapons in the middle of the ground? Uh, So the Hawks uh, end up playing a draw down in Tassie. What does that tell us about the Alistair Clarkson exit? I mean, they were, what, five goals up at one stage. It looked like they were going to win four in a row. Do you feel like Alistair Clarkson had a hand in it finishing in such a disappointing, confusing fashion? Because I feel like that is almost the perfect exit for him because it's ambiguous. It doesn't leave them with a lot of clear signs. Like if they'd won four in a row, then Hawthorne supporters would rightfully enter 2022 feeling optimistic and Sam Mitchell's got a good list. But now there's just a bit of confusion. Does nothing bad for Clarko and nothing good for Hawthorne. Yeah, exactly. So the perfect result for Clarko is what I'm hearing. <laughs> like, you know, does nothing to diminish Clarko's reputation. Um, you know, t- we still talk about the good run he had at the end of the season at Hawthorne, but it also, yeah, fucks up Hawthorne just a little bit. Just question marks. Uh, we had a lot of people contact us. You mentioned it in the, uh, the, the tips video last week that when we went through our retirements and the listings last week, we forgot to mention Sean, Bo- Sh- uh, Sean Burgoyne and uh, uh, Alistair Clarkson, um, which is, you know, oversight by us. But I kind of feel like Clarko has been a subject uh, of discussion for the better part of six weeks now. So if we didn't include him in our retirements and the listings, we did also didn't include David Teague. I also should say that, you know, there is a chance that by the time this podcast comes out, Clarko will be coaching again. So. <laughs> did you, how did you see Lethal teeing off on Carlton this week? I love it when Lethal busts out the grumpy old man because he comes across yeah. generally quite amiable in the media, like friendly, cuddly almost. But then when he decides to just tee off on someone, it's real good. Well, you know what uh, Lee Matthews does not do? Suffer fools gladly. He's the classic example of just like, if he wants to do some straight talk, he just thinks I have the right to just lay down the law and have my opinion. And I love it. Well, here's some quotes from him. He said, you wonder who's running the club at Carlton, he said on 3RW. I must say from the outside, whoever is running the football club has got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lee had a piece of advice for Teague if he was considering his future. I'd be waiting to be sacked, he said. <laughs> Does not mince words. I mean, Carlton, 
What is going on at Carlton? Can we speculate wildly like everybody else is about what's going on at Carlton? Because the latest thing this morning when I was listening to, um, you know, some speculation on Jared, uh, Gerald Whiteley's Gerald program <laughs> uh, this morning, uh, Sam Edmund was in with him and they were speculating around what was mm. happening at Carlton. And the current speculation seems to be that Ross Lyon is no longer in the Carlton frame for the job and that it's between Alistair Clarkson and David Teague. And the reason that Teague hasn't been sacked yet is that they're just trying to get Clarko across the line. But if they can't get Clarko across the line, they're going to stick with David Teague. If they Can stick you with... possibly oh. see that happening? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, it's, it's been such a, a clusterfuck so far. I could definitely see that happening. But it's it seems to be that there is – it's like a board split, right? That you've obviously got – uh, two people who are two different groups or maybe multiple groups who can't agree on what the exit strategy is because when you've even got the coach coming out after the last game and saying well look it doesn't sound very good and this internal review they still haven't delivered their findings and stuff like when the coach is saying that publicly you've got to imagine it's a board thing but is Chris Judd still running that football club like is that I don't even know who is on the board at Carlton like who is responsible for this uh, Chris Judd was their football director, but he football director. He resigned in March and said, "I oh, because he's going to run Judd Cheller full time." Is that exactly? Right? Yeah, that's right. Once the COVID restrictions ease, <laughs> launching Judd Cheller as a massive week long event. Um, so Juddy, um, he said he was resigning at the end of the year, and they didn't replace him. But basically, he stopped. Is my understanding. Right. So basically when he said, I'm finishing at the end of the year, he was then like, oh, by the way, you're not going to see me again until the end of the year. And they're like, we're not filling the position. So that didn't seem like the the wisest of all choices. Um, they did the Hall of Fame last night. Chris oh, yeah. Judd was one of the inductees. He was. And I watched the uh, highlights package they put together. And my goodness, I had actually forgotten what an awesome footballer he was. And I think, like, do you... When you think of Christo, I know we've discussed this before in the past, like players who played for two different clubs, do you see them as being one or the other? Do you see him as being both an eagle and a blue or do you see him as one or the other? I mean, he won a Brownlow at both. Mm. So that almost makes him sort of both. But I know I associate the Chris Judd on the field that I particularly love watching. Like him bursting, bursting, you know, out, of packs. bursting out of packs at full speed and getting the ball. Like in big games. That Chris Judd is the West Coast Eagles, Chris Judd. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is watching the highlights package. And they, so Dean Cox narrates it and they sort of talk about his shift to Carlton and pretty much how he had to change his game style because he, you know, his groins were playing up and so he became more of an inside midfielder. And I know that they were sort of saying, it's still a great achievement, it's still a great player, but the Chris Judd of the Eagles was so much more exciting, was so more, much more dynamic. I... I'm not poo-pooing a Brownlee medalist, but the difference between those two players is almost like night and day. It's kind of like what happened with Luke Ball. Like people forget when Luke Ball played at St Kilda, in his first five years, he's a top three draft pick. He was incredible and he was super quick and skillful. He was like Joel Selwood. And then he got the dreaded, well, what did he get? The dreaded... Osteitis pubis. <laughs> dreaded osteitis pubis. And then 
to uh, use some more football parlance. He couldn't kick over a jam tin after that. It took it took his uh, it took his weapons away. I so do admire, though. I must say, those athletes that come in with a particular skill set, and then if for some reason that skill set is taken away, you know, they have an injury or whatever that means they can't jump as high as they used to jump or run as fast as they used to run, and still find a way to get it done. Like yeah. I admire both of those Chris Judds as much as each other because like the first one I admire for his just pure Natural football skill ability. and yeah. speed and just incredible. The other one I admire because he was a guy who didn't have all those weapons and he still found a way to get it done. It's kind of like when uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, he was a high-flying dynamic wrestler and then uh, after he uh, broke his neck, he had to become more of a brawler. Mm. Right. That is absolutely an analogy. Debbie Lee, we should mention, by the way, um, yes. if you don't know the story of Debbie Lee, um, then Debbie is just one of the most incredible football stories of all time. Like AFLW would not exist without the incredible work that Debbie Lee did over her career as an incredible sports a uh, woman herself, but also just in administration behind the scenes, coaching her contribution to the AFL game and being the first woman inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame is absolutely appropriate. Uh, Nathan Burke from the Saints was also yes. inducted. And that's another hilarious video because Nicky Winmar does the narration on that. And one of the first things he says is, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, the, the, all the great players and he's gone. You know, they say there's only one Tony Lockett and then you think the next thing he's going to say is, you know, but there was only one Nathan Burke. But he goes, you say there's only one Tony Lockett, only one Nicky Winmar, but, you know, there's only one Nathan Burke. And you're like, hang on. <laughs> First of all, I don't think Nicky Winmar is an incredible player, but I've never heard the saying there was only one Nicky Winmar. <laughs> I think you've just nicely jammed yourself in between there's only one Tony Lockett and then the guy going to the Hall of Fame, Nicky. I mean, here's what I would say. I think it's actually better because – it eases us into accepting that Nathan Burke, there's only one of him. Like if yeah. you went straight from Lockett to Burke, it's too big a leap. People yeah, right. are like, no, 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 no. Sorry, you can't compare. Yes, there's only one Tony Lockett. But you know what? Nathan Burke, Hall of Famer. Don't get me fucking wrong. But, you know, there'll be other Nathan Burks. <laughs> so it's, it's a hierarchy of or yeah, a decreasing hierarchy. It's like a hierarchy. babushka doll of expectations. <laughs> so you're like, there's one Tony Lockett. And inside that one Tony Lockett, there's one Nicky Winmar. And once you take the head off the Nicky Winmar, there's one Nathan Burke. And then a player who was inducted that I was not aware of um, until I, I uh, is uh, Rob Wiley. Yeah. Um, are you were you aware who he was? Not really, no, before my time. I thought he was Gary Ablett. Have you seen the photo? I'm just going to drop it into the message window. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Gary Ablett, right? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. I thought it was, I, thought, I was like, oh, that's controversial. Gary Ablett's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, he hasn't been inducted They've yet. They've made him change his name to Rob Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> but that looks oh like Gary Ablett. I mean, is that the things? Because, look, we can't induct Gary. There's just a mm. few too many issues hanging over his head. Let's get a guy who looks just like yeah, him. Yeah, so in photos, it'll look like Gary's there. <laughs> but we're like, no, that's not Gary. No, we're still cool. Uh, now, um, we mentioned a couple of weeks back that uh, Jason Hackermanis, Jason Hackermanis, has got into the world of Bitcoin with his own Bitcoin called ZooCoin. Yeah. Um, uh, listener James has sent us this article from a cryptocurrency blog. Mm. 
Uh, it's called it's uh, stockhead.com.au, and it's a, an article called "I Shouldn't Have to Say This, But Please Don't Invest in Zucoin." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is by Derek Rose, who's a, a crypto investor, okay. and he says this is going to be a short article because really, I hope there are not too many people out there foolish enough to hand over their hard-earned dollars into a Bitcoin killer in 2021. But just in case. There's a new Australian cryptocurrency, and he's put that in inverted commas, <laughs> that is supposedly launched this week that's attracted a bit of credulous local press simply because it's been spruiked by ex-Brisbane Lions star Jason Ackermanis. It's simply much better than uh, it's simply a much better product than Bitcoin, Ackermanis told news.com.au. The biggest problem in crypto, we call I, them I love try this, any- by the way. Can, I know that we went over this last time, but just the sheer chutzpah that like it's not like there's plenty of other cryptocurrencies that you could say it's better than, but to be calling out Bitcoin, the most identifiable <laughs> crypto, that's like taking on Amazon, like Acker coming out and going, yeah. oh, you know, I've got a new home delivery service. You can order whatever you want. I'll bring it around to your house. Acker's on. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest problem with crypto, and we call them triennial problems, is you've got cost speed. It could take four minutes or four hours to mine crypto. And then you've got scalability. Um, triennial, a problem uh, is a uh, uh, trainal is a problem that occurs once every three years. What he's talking about is a trilemma, <laughs> which is the difficulty of offering <laughs> cryptocurrency that's at once scalable, decentralized, and secure. <gasps> now, in fairness to Akamanis, he may have been misquoted, uh-huh. but this trilemma is challenged. Uh, is a challenge that has eluded some of the smartest people working in crypto mm. and blockchain, brilliant mathematicians yeah. and computer scientists from famous university and tech giants. Yeah, but who are the brains that's behind the Zucoin? That's the problem. Yeah, right. You're going to be crazy like a fox. Exactly. They're going to get some goodwill hunting up in this house. Well, he goes, who, so who are the brains behind Zucoin? To quote Akamanis, a local IT guy in regional New South Wales. <laughs> Feels like we could have written this article. <laughs> Does that sound legit to you? Then there's this. Uh, then there's this. Zucoin supposedly cannot drop below $60 yes. per coin. This, seems, this from- seemed interesting to me when we were reading this out. I was like, how can you have... A uh, compulsory bottom. At the, I didn't. It did. I don't know a lot about how this works, but that didn't feel like it made sense. Does it make sense? Author of this article. Oh, Ackermanis said that we put in software where we can't sell for less than sixty dollars. It cancels the order. You can try, but you won't be able to do it. This is, and then in capitals, laughable. <laughs> <laughs> one of the entire points of crypto is that it's not controlled or governed by one central party. Mm. If it was possible to guarantee a price floor for speculative assets like crypto, don't you think someone would have done it before now? What was the point I raised? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Zucoins will be selling uh, 100 million Zucoin, which at $60 a pop would give it a nominal market cap of roughly $4 billion in the US. Now, of the 11,000 different cryptocurrencies out there, there's less than three dozen that have attracted this much success. So like you said, Will, he's going straight for the top. Of those, just one has gained that much market capitalization right off the bat. And that's a project that involved five years of work with nearly 200 computing engineers, cryptographers, and operational experts from around the globe, not just a guy from Aubrey. (laughs) An IT guy from Aubrey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. Correction. Saying you're a Bitcoin killer at a launch this day and age is a bit like a junior explorer with a bunch of promising mineral rights declaring that they're going to unseat Glencore as the world's biggest miner. It's cringe and it's embarrassing that the Australian media has given this project the time of day. 
Oh, let's say there you go. If any of the two guys won cup, the Zukai's won cup listeners out there were thinking of giving their money to Jason Hackermanis, maybe think twice. None of that surprised me, but I'm glad to have our <laughs> just wild speculation backed up by somebody who knows what they're talking about. Uh, now, where we come to everyone's favourite segment, okay. the Pocket Profile Pocket, and I thought I'd go someone close to home, close to the kennel for you. Oh. Um, and this was sent in uh, by a listener, all based on one answer he gives. And um, when she pointed out what that answer was, I was like, yes, we definitely need to read this. Carl Barron? Uh, are you Is fa- the answer Carl Barron? Well, no, my hint to you who this guy is if um if bt was to commentate he might call him jason johnson jason johansson <laughs> did you hear that did on hear. friday night when he called him jason johnson by the way can i tell you what the funniest bit of football like I, you might not have heard this but if you've not heard nathan brown just completely stop being able to talk at the end of a triple m footy broadcast he just uses he loses the power of speech and he just keeps saying noises like at the end, so he's trying to throw to the sponsors and whatever, and it's like it's just like it's like, it's like he's saying, "Welcome to two guys, one cup," but he just goes, "Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Nathan Brown, or are you talking about BT? No, Nathan Brown. What do you mean? Is is he chucking in some yibber yibber? No, literally, as in, like I mean, I wish I could. It's one of these things that's so hard to describe. I will find the audio right. and I will send it to you. But if people have not heard it, it is incredible. So uh, when he's doing his triple M comedy, yeah. And he's signing off for the end of the show and he just loses his way. So just starts making noises. <laughs> like, it's not like Yubity Yubita, that's all folks, or like some sort of, right. like he literally is going, it just starts saying noises. What, like Michael Winslow or something? <laughs> no, yeah, he, <laughs> he just doing a, a machine gun. And a machine gun. <laughs> he starts doing Jimi Hendrix uh, voodoo woman, <laughs> just the yeah. guitar something. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into Jason okay. Johannesson. Um, let's start with his nickname. He offers two nicknames. You should know these, I'm sure. Uh, well, JJ mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jason Johannesson. Is it another one to do with his name? Not to do with his name. It is. It is a what? It's a it's a euphemism that can be used to describe a gun or your penis. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> a magnum. <laughs> Well, all right, then no need to show off, mate. Right. Um, um, a, a, um, a weapon? No. Yeah, close to that. It's more. It's more colloquial than that. Like if you're carrying, yeah. You, no, more more nicknamey than than pistol. That's too literal. It's like, uh, oh. you know, packing it's a, the package. Um, no, that, that was Jake Stringer. It, it, it also it's spelt differently. It, 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 it um, is. Uh, it's also a hippie slogan. <laughs> um, uh, Jason what do hippies believe in namaste Johansson what, what are some values that hippies believe peace? in peace oh my peace correct peace yeah his peace <laughs> right okay, okay. Again, but he spells that's it that's pe- one of those great but, clues that makes sense in direct respect his peace <laughs> his peace but I mean he's saying peace as in like P-I-E-C-E so do you reckon he's talking about his dick I mean I don't know maybe I hope not. Peace. <laughs> peace. As in you're a piece of ass, Jason Johannesson? I mean, reading this, I get the sense that Jason Johannesson is not short on confidence. Okay. Well, maybe. Maybe it is about what he's packing then. All right. Okay. 
<laughs> As a kid, what did he want to be? Um, professional athlete, not an AFL player. Basketballer? Correct. NBA player. Uh, what team did he follow as a kid? Mm. Um, okay. It, uh, it is, it's a team that is west of Victoria. So it's either South Australian or West Australian. You got one in four chance okay. of getting this right. Do you know where he was drafted no, from? No. I'm going to say Western Australia. Correct. Um, so oh, he, he's old enough to be a Fremantle Dockers fan. Um, I've never heard of him. The talk of him going back to the West Coast Eagles. So I'm going to say Dockers. Correct. Three for three. This is great. You've been in a real rich. You've been in hot form, white hot form, the last two weeks in the pocket profile pocket, and you're carrying that over like the Bulldogs. The first quarter is very impressive. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> like the Bulldogs happens. it'll fall apart. <laughs> From here. Once we get to what makes you laugh, it all, it all collapse. No. Um, okay. Uh, who is the best player he's played with? Um, bit, bit of a surprise. I would say this guy would be considered like a um, like a, a spiritual leader. He's sort of more, one, he's one of those kind of heart and soul blue collar players that I'm sure they love playing with. Not one of your Matthew blue Matthew Boyd. Yeah, in that same ilk. Um, in fact, I probably thought he was Matthew. Boyd. Oh, um, <laughs> who did you always get confused with, Matthew Boyd? I, oh. I, I get, I get. There's three players of the Bulldogs. I, I get confused. Um, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about, and now I can't think of the name. Um, he um, uh, had to retire a couple of years ago. Um, I think so. Yeah, he did the heroic act in the grand final. Yeah. What's his name? Um, it had a broken back. Yeah. Oh fuck! Why is his name escaping me? So um, one of your premiership heroes, and you can't remember his name. Well, probably the most. Defining... I can't remember his name only in the sense of you know when suddenly you have that moment where someone says you can't remember this, and your brain goes. It normally into happens a, at a, a party when panic, you get introduced. And you're just like, what is going <laughs> yeah. on here? When you tr- when you're trying to introduce to introduce a work colleague to your partner, and you're like, oh my god, what's this fucking person's yeah. name? I work with them every day. So into the middle, um, Buddy gets the ball, broken back. Um, uh, Two first tackles names. him in the middle, and his name is oh no. Two first names, he, uh, initials uh, DM. Dale Morris. Dale Morris. I think as I used to confuse Dale Morris, Daniel Cross, and Matthew Boyd, they're always the similar, same, same kind of. Yeah, I know you kind of incepted me then. Like your confusion <laughs> over them kind of went into my brain, and I'm just like the amount of times I've watched that clip and like retold that story, and my brain was like, <laughs> I'm not helping you right now, buddy. Daniel Cross. <laughs> um, all right. Who is his most admired opponent? Okay. Um, retired retired this year. Well, retired yes, last week. Yesterday, uh, last Sean week. Burgoyne. Mm, no. no. Probably a more like direct opponent. Um, so he plays off the halfback? Well, or, you know, yeah, he plays up forward these pocket. days, but he, mo- he spent most of his career playing on the halfback line. So it's got to be someone who played uh, on the... Crafty? Craft, a crafty, crafty forward and, uh, retired oh, last Eddie week. Betts. Eddie Betts. Um, who is your all-time favourite player? And uh, think back to we barracks for. Mm-hmm. Um, current day player or retired player, probably. Retired. And, and um, the, the biggest legend of that club or are we talking someone that he more identifies Biggest with legend of that club. As a player. Matthew Pavlich. Matthew Pavlich. Um, who's the first player you would choose in fantasy football? Um, a teammate 
midfielder. I mean, if, the, if I say that the Bulldogs is a midfielder who accu- accumulates possessions, like, you've got Jack like six McRae. guys to choose from. Jack McRae. Well done. Um, okay. If you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? Now, he doesn't talk about a footballer. He talks about a, a global identity, um, controversial identity, I would say. Um um, um, not not Elon Musk. He has an um. Oh, there you go, Elon Musk. Well done. Oh, okay. <laughs> My clue is going to be he, he has an odd scent, but you got it. Well done. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, what is his preferred grand final time slot? I mean, He's won one during the day, so he could have some affection to a daytime grand final. Obviously, won the Norm Smith medal. Good day for him. So I could definitely be like a daytime operator. But he is also loves a bit of show business. Like, you know, so I can imagine him, if there was to be a nighttime grand final, he's the sort of player that you can imagine just like would shine on the Saturday night light. So I'm going to say night grand final. Should have trusted your first ah. instincts. Is it daytime? Okay. Daytime. Um, okay, who would he like to see as the halftime entertainment? Um, well, let me say this, Will. Um, uh, you know what? Um, if one year the halftime entertainment is going to be a duck, the next year it might as well be... If one year it's going to be a duck, the next year it might as well be a... <laughs> It's going to be a duck. <laughs> and I don't mean Wayne Carey. I mean an actual duck. Yeah, but then I'm like, a chicken? He wants to see like a chicken performance. <laughs> like half time. <laughs> he wants to see Max Walker hypnotize a chook as the halftime entertainment. <laughs> duck. Is that another animal? Is that what I'm going for? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a, it's a saying to do with ducks. Oh, um, you know. Uh, you got to get your ducks in a row. Um, ducks and Drakes, playing Ducks and Drakes. Drake. Ah, Drake. nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. Um, his favourite AFLW player is Ellie Blackburn. If he wasn't a footballer, what would he like to be? This isn't surprising. Um, um, I'm trying to think. There's a few. Okay. So this is a side business for a lot of footballers. Uh, fashion of, in the fashion designer, correct, one hundred percent. He seems like that kind yeah. of dude, doesn't he? It was going to be a, my guess tribute. even before you clue. I was going to go oh, with fashion. Really? Yeah, it was just the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> um, okay, what's a talent he wish he had? It's an athletic ability. Mm. So he's fast, specific to us. So it won't be like speed. No, it's it's sorry, it's a specific um, uh, it's a specific um, showcase in a sport, in a particular sport. Dunk. It's a kind he of wishes like he could a dunk. dunk. He wishes he could duck. He wishes he was a little bit tall. He wishes he, wishes he was a ball. <laughs> He's got a d- duck in a hat, he would call it. Um, okay, now this is the word that the listener sent this in. She said this is this is what convinced her she had to send yeah. this profile What in. makes him laugh? No, no. Describe yourself in one word. Now, have you seen, uh, there's a show on Amazon called Lux Listings? Yes. Okay. There's a character in that Simon who's like the buyer's agent, and this is one of his favorite terms to use. It's a real trendy term 
to describe something. When you when you when you're into like when you walk into a room and you dig it, you say, "Yep, it's this," or "This view is this." And my other clue on that is Dennis Denudo. <laughs> The character from the yeah, castle. I'm a vibe. Also like you. Jason Johannesson is a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything to say about that? Because I have a few things. <laughs> Describe yourself in one word. Vibe. Vibe. I'm just a vibe, I'm man. I'm just a vibe. Just designing some fashion, being a bit of a vibe. Want to see my piece? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, what did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdown? Okay. Interesting. Mm. So, I don't know what this means. Uh, give me a ballpark area for this. Well, I've got to Google what it is because okay. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, so he said he. Oh, it, all right. It's got to do with a meme. So we're already in trouble. Anyone who listens to our other podcast, Tofop, knows that Will and I do not understand. Too memes. old for memes. <laughs> we're too old for memes. But okay. So. Okay. All right. Look, look it's, uh, there's no way you're going to okay. guess this because it's a meme <laughs> and it's a meme based on a misspelling that young people just took up. So basically he said he'd like to buy stonks. <laughs> can you, can you, <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate that we're talking about Zucoin and he talks about buying stonks. Do you know what's the origin of stonks? I is? mean, I imagine it's like some idiot trying to buy stocks or something. Is that the. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stonks is an intentional misspelling of stocks that originated with an internet meme. The meme shows a mean man in a suit standing in front of a bunch of numbers and a big orange arrow. It is subtitled Stonks. Um, it's originally a way of talking about bad or amateur uh, uh, financial decisions. Yeah. So perfectly appropriate Jason for, Ackermanis, for Zucoin. Stonk. Yeah. Stonk broker. Stonk broker. Um, okay. What's the biggest thing you missed during Hub Life? And again, this sort of fits in with his kind of like his vibe. You know, what is a guy who wants to be a fashion designer? You know, what, what is he's, he likes? He likes socializing. He misses... Going to bars, going to parties, going to, going to restaurants, going to restaurants, eating in restaurants. Um, what's the most enjoyable thing about Hub Life? And this to me checks, this tracks with Bevo and the doggies. Um, uh, something about maybe community or like some... Simple. It's just a pretty obvious uh, Friendship. Bonding. Bonding. Bonding with my teammates. Um what are the, uh, where would you like to visit after restrictions are lifted? Okay, so he gives two international destinations. One's a pretty common answer for a footballer. The other one is not so common, but for a guy who aspires to be a fashion designer, pretty, pretty, pretty understandable. Um, and not and and think more modern fashion, not like your traditional, you know, House of Versace. Okay, kind of so not fashion. like Italy or one of the European sort of fashion. Like we're talking more no. maybe an Asian country, Japan. Mm. Uh, no, Japan, Japan would be no, no, no. You're right. Okay. That's right. Hundred um, percent. And then uh, America. No, no, oh. no. Closer, closer to home. Uh, Bali. Bali would be correct. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's the your favorite sporting event that you would like to attend uh one of the the one of the three that they yeah, always know so i mean he, he wanted to be a basketballer mm. um but i know he also loves the american football mm. so i'm gonna say super bowl mate you 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 are vibing with the piece it's that's a all vibe, I say. you know you just gotta get into a <laughs> you vibe totally, you, <laughs> you know you understand it. him it's just a vibe 
the last TV series you binged on. Now, this is a show that you persistently pushed on me that I still not watched. Uh, you were surprised by it, but you really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was the Stan series. It's uh, something that I imagine Jason Ackermanis will be saying quite often. Billions. <laughs> no. When he's, uh, when he's being sued by all his investors, he'll be fronting a court and he'll be saying this a lot. Um, uh, not guilty. <laughs> um, uh, Your Honor. Your Honor. Oh, yeah, good show. You should watch it. But yeah, good show. <laughs> Who's the most famous person outside football that you have met? This is probably pretty obvious considering he's a bulldog. Chris Hemsworth. Chris bloody Hemsworth. Three famous people that you would like to meet. Okay. Two he's already named and one you'll be able to name in your sleep. Uh, okay. Hang on. No. So two he's already named. Yeah. Two, two he's already named them so far in this profile. Okay. And this is like famous people he'd like to meet that he's already he'd met? He'd like to meet. No, not that he's already met, that he would like to meet. Right, but he's already met one of them. Okay. Yeah, let's start with the easy one, though. <laughs> let's start with the easy Matthew one. Matthew Pavlich. So, no, no, no. Chris no. Let's Hemsworth. Let's start with the easy one. No, shut up. <laughs> what does Who does every footballer want to meet? Who's the first guest at LeBron the party? It's always LeBron James. Yeah. Okay, great. That's done. Now, he's mentioned two other people that he hasn't met. So, it's... Don't Matthew Pavlich is a dumb guess because the chances are he's met Matthew. No, Pavlich. sorry, I thought the I got confused about the clue. I thought the yeah. clue was that okay. he'd already met them. No, three famous people you would like to meet, okay. and I'm saying he's already named them earlier, right. in this pocket profile. No, okay, so um, so just go back through the answers. Uh, all right, so um, he's named both of them already, <laughs> but he hasn't met. What them. international celebrities have we already named? Uh, Drake. What questions have I Drake and. Um, what else did he want to do? Who else did he like name already? What what did, what was the other one in relation to? Uh, who did he want to be his mentor? Oh, Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk. Mm. Um, favorite team or sports person outside of football? Um, he names an individual. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? Like LeBron James, people talk about Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan having like a stranglehold on the hearts and minds of young men. But LeBron James, he seems to be the number one figure in the mind of every young footballer. Absolutely. Yeah. No, he is. His cultural implant is is huge, huge in the AFL. LeBron James is the new Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> uh, what's the best sporting event that you've ever seen live? Um it's a uh, well, I, okay. So I don't know where this is. Where's Emirates Stadium? Is that in the UK? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what team did he see at Emirates Stadium? So he saw like Manchester United. No. Arsenal. Yeah, Arsenal. Correct. Um. um at Emirates. Okay. Stadium. If you if you won ten million, what would you buy first? <sighs> And this is very on brand for this episode. Um, uh, oh, stonks! I'd invest <laughs> in a bunch he of stonks. It would buy. He would buy Bitcoin. Hopefully, not from Jason Ackermanis. Um, what would be something that people us? What's something that people would be surprised to learn about you? Mm, okay, it's something he's good at, 
And it's something that nannies and babies do. Um, drool. He's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he sees his piece in the mirror, he just starts drooling. Um, it's something that nannies and babies do. Yeah, um, or kids, toddlers, they need one a nap. each day. A nap. Uh, what was his best subject at school? Joke answer. Uh, PE or lunchtime or lunch. lunch. Correct. What was his first car? Mm. Probably the most common car in Australia. Hang on, sorry, your internet went out. When oh, you sorry. Me a clue. Uh, what was the first car he drove? It was the most common. It's the most common car in Australia, if, if not in the world. Uh, the Holden Commodore. Oh no, in the no. world. Yeah, it's um, very. It's a very Toyota car. Japanese brand. Toyota Camry Corolla I think it's the most popular car in the world it's one of the it's one of the most Um, okay now he gives his usual coffee order but he nicknames it in the way Australians love to do where they you know it's just a he puts an E on the end of it so if you were Jason Johannesson and you're ordering your coffee from the barista you'd just say this it's a one word he wants a and it's got something, an E on the end of it. So it's not yeah, latte the way Aussies, it already has an E. No, it'd be hard to say latte E. Um, yeah. Uh, cappuccino. I've never heard, by the way, I've, that make I've, sense. Never heard, I've never heard anyone say this before. It's a real vibe. Uh, <laughs> you, you wouldn't say a flat whitey because that, that's well, You're words. in the right ballpark. A whitey. But maybe short. No. Go to the first word. A flatty. Flatty. Have you ever... Ever heard anyone ask for a flatty? No, but you know what? If I'm a fashionable guy who's got a vibe going on, maybe I'm just (laughs) having a flatty in the morning, you know? I I think it should be legal. If you're a barista and someone asks for a flatty, you should be able to throw it in their face. You say, sure, I'll make you a flatty. And then you just, right in their face. Why is Johannesson out this week? Is he being arrested? No, a barista (laughs) threw a coffee in his face. He asked for a flatty. Um, Dream place you'd like to live. Um, you know, it would make it easy for him to get to training. What's the zhuzhiest suburb around the Whitnow? Williamstown? No, yeah. Yeah, next to Williamstown. I mean, not next to, but like next one down from Williamstown. A newer, a newer um, up-and-coming suburb. I mean, it's amazing. No, I, I think in my... In the time I've been alive, this was not a place that people wanted to live 20 years ago. And the fact that now it's like that a guy with a vibe wants to set up there, that's amazing. How no, you have come. to tell me. I don't know. Yarraville. Ah, uh, Yarraville. Isn't that amazing? I mean, Yarraville is very cool. A lot of great places there. But it's just amazing how you wouldn't want to go to Yarraville 20 years ago. Yarraville's a place you'd like drive through with your windows up. Yeah, but that is like the lottery of real estate, isn't it? Like essentially, yeah. if you want to find where the next cool place is, you've got to go to some place that's absolutely terrible now. But the problem is, it still might be absolutely terrible in 20 years. <laughs> you might have made the wrong call. <laughs> uh, what's life after football look like for Jason Johannesson? And this is actually a complete, not the answer you'd expect from a guy who's got a vibe going, who you know wants to be a fashion designer. It's actually quite a sweet you know, answer about, you know, family, really. Um, he wants to star in the Fast and the Furious 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wants to do a diamond heist from a skyscraper in Dubai. Um, uh, I no. want to spend more he, time with my family. I want to... He wants He wants to be a stay-at-home dad, yeah. which is very sweet, Jason Johannesson. 
Um, well, I think you could, mate. If you get $10 million to invest into bloody ZooCoin and your stonks, you could stay at home. Uh, do you feel like you know Jason better? I do. I feel like, A, I feel like you knew him real well. And B, I feel like I'm, I totally know who this dude is. Yeah, absolutely. I like You know what I love is I felt like I didn't know him at all and now I feel like I know him completely. <laughs> now I feel like I know him too well. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, so uh, we're going to get to the mailbag before we do that let's plug some shows we have on our podcast network which is tofop.com that's uh, tofop.com uh, Will has a show called Willosophy Will who's on this one uh, David Woodhead Dave Woodhead from uh, Triple J people might know him but uh, awesome uh, young comedian really funny and fun stories to tell and some good perspectives on comedy and life so I'd recommend that on Fofop this week Charlie you've got a guess yeah, Matt Stewart drops by and it's an incredible moment in which we both realise that we've secretly been going on new metal uh, rabbit holes the last two weeks. <laughs> you and I talked about Fred Durst a couple of weeks ago and for some reason I got curious about the whole genre of new metal but found no one I could talk about with because I was, who cares about new metal and then Matt Stewart and I on the podcast in real time discover that we've both been researching new metal on our own in private and so if you want a 20 minute summation of the history of new metal listen to Fofop this week there's also a brand new episode of Tofop which is our other show which is a lot like this with just slightly less football chat in which I uh, retell a story in which I thought my phone was stolen last week and the uh, the machinations of me uh, chasing the perpetrator to get my phone back it's a real it's a real vibe that story <laughs> it is it's a vibe uh so here's the mailbag if you want to send us a message you can follow us at um uh twitter on at two guys one cup afl or instagram at, at two guys one cup afl also if you do follow us on instagram you'll know that every thursday afternoon we do our tips at 5 p.m on instagram live so uh tune in this afternoon when you if you're listening to this on a thursday uh to instagram live the two guys one cup account and you can see will and i giving our finals tips uh but here's some mail will this is from lee he wants to know, was Reese Shaw sudden leaving of North after dumping 11 players just before the draft an elaborate revenge for his father losing the grand final to North in the 70s? Yes. Let's just say yes. But let's say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a much happier story if that's what it was. Uh, Art Deco wants to know, hypothetical. AFL offers your club the first three draft picks for the next five years, but during this period, they have to relocate to Tasmania and you have to have Jeff Kennett as your club president. Yes or no? No. No. <laughs> no to both. No to all three. Get out of here. Uh, Matthew says, given your ability for wildly inaccurate predictions mixed in with pure fiction, have you applied for a spot on trade radio? Oh, uh, now come zing. on. <laughs> I love trade radio. I love the wild speculation. I love how wrong people get We it. would be so good at trade radio, though. If they gave... I mean, the trade radio audience would hate our show, but, like, imagine yeah, if we have fun. got to go into the studio <laughs> with, like, a couple of speculators. So maybe, like, yeah. we get the twerp in one day, Lloydie yeah. in one day, like, Damo in one day, you know, and we just, like, host our own show that everyone who listens to trade radio would hate, but we would love. <laughs> The thing about it too is we don't even know who the currently listed players are. How many times have we talked about Jesse White needs a fresh start? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Edmund <laughs> coming with like some new player you've like never heard of him. Doesn't exist. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. No way you can go to Fremantle because he does not exist. And he wants to know where we think the grand final should be played. Uh, I think it should be played in front of a crowd. 
So whether that's Adelaide or WA, I don't mind. I'm not one of these guys who's like, it has to be at the MCG. And I feel like maybe it's a bit too soon to be, you know, getting crowds back in Melbourne and doing a ring of steel and all that kind of stuff. And Western Australia deserves it. It's a football state. They've, you know, produced a ton of fantastic footballers. I would love to see a packed Optus Stadium and, uh, you know, teams playing over there. It's a shame that Frio or the West Coast Eagles aren't going to be playing. But, I mean, the Dreamtime match this year was awesome. And, you know, they sold that out. And that was two non, non-Western Australian teams. So that would be my pick. I absolutely agree with you about crowds. Wherever we can get the biggest crowd, which looks like it's going to be South Australia or Western Australia. So one of those places. I actually think this is great for the national game. Like, you know, I've always thought that we should have grand finals in other places. I know that we're not going to go back to that. But in this period in between when there is an excuse to do it, why not? Why not do it? No brainer. I mean, that Super Bowl moves every year, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it goes to a city regardless of what any of the results are. So, like, you know, it doesn't matter who's in the Super Bowl. It's just in another random city because they get the Super Bowl that year. I mean, I still um, like the idea. I mean, it's never going to happen because the MCG contract, but I would be very happy if it moved around to, you know, if you had an appropriately sized venue, whatever the AFL said was enough, if it was mm. 60,000 or whatever, and if you could get 60,000 people at it, then the grand final, you know, could go there. I think it's great. MT Hammer wants to know, has Bevo and the boys successfully lulled the competition into a false sense of security? <sighs> I fucking hope so. Bottom four Bevo. That's what I'm saying. Oh, come on, boys. We're bottom boys. That's our theme. Um, <laughs> I is that's my hope, right? Yeah. That's the hope now. That this helps us. That you know we don't know when the buys are going to be. That the top teams end up getting that weird buy where they don't play for enough games, and we play every week and we win every game and we roll through to the grand final. I think it is equally likely, probably more likely, that we lose the Essendon in fucking Tasmania <laughs> and my season is fucking over. Nathan wants to know if Tasmania do get an AFL team, which is looking likely, what would be the mascot? What would be the team name? Tigers and Devils are the obvious ones, but they're both taken. Well, are Devils taken? The Demons are taken. I, I like the idea of there being Devils and Demons. Um, and the Tassie Devil is an animal anyway, so the logo would be completely different. It wouldn't be like you'd have a Satan. No. Although exactly. the Tasmanian Satan <laughs> does have a nice ring to it. Um, an upside-down crucifix is their logo. The the maps. <laughs> just, a hair, just a hairy bush. <laughs> That's their logo. Come on, maps. Come on, maps. Uh, Donnie says, Clarko said he wants to travel the world with his wife and take a spell yes. from the game. Where do you reckon he's off to with the missus? Nowhere. Nowhere. He can't go anywhere. <laughs> Clarko should watch a fucking 11 o'clock press conference if he thinks he's traveling the world with his wife. Uh, St- Stubby Lachlan wants to know, are North Melbourne players spending the off-season in the lab trying to reproduce the shin bonus spirit that Glenn Archer apparently took all the supplies off when he finished up at the club? I reckon... Whatever that, whatever they have um, uh, created, I reckon they've got an artificial shin bonus spirit. It might not be pure shin bonus spirit, but there's someone's been in the lab this year and they have been working on a uh, like a, a home brand yep. shin bonus spirit because the, what the, the some of the games have played this year, I think there's been little glimpses of shin bonus little mRNA version of the shin bonus spirit, synthetic synthetic shin bonus spirit. SSS. Oh, hang on. Is that the Nazi? No, it's just the SS, right? 
Um, LB wants to know, has Bevo run out of children's books? What does that mean? Well, he likes the base, you know, he has stories and themes of the week and maybe, you know, you spend all your good stories and themes early on, but I don't know, like, who knows? I don't know. I want it to happen so I know what's happening. <laughs> Rizol wants to know, is this the hardest finals to choose in years? Well, yes. tune in to the Instagram live tomorrow afternoon and, and you'll find out what our answer is there. Uh, what do you think, Gareth wants to know, what do you think of the mysterious Blue Eagle jumper? Oh, right. So did you see that story? Yes. Um, when the Eagles play it? What did you think happened there? Just pick the wrong jumper no i heard it was like a, a printing issue or like a some sort of like it wasn't his fault it was like oh right there was this like but just like all the jumpers they, they had that doesn't well you know sense. but all like a one jumper got put in with the other jumpers or whatever it is i liked it i think everybody should have like one thing different like as in like there should be one person on the field who has something different what i loved the most was in one of the commentaries i was watching it they didn't spot it until the fourth quarter like, I'd seen it online in about the first quarter. And then, like, finally someone on the commentary is like, has that got a Blue Eagle? And I'm like, yeah, has had for the entire game you've been commentating on TV. Uh, St. Julio wants to know, do you think Clarko will move to Kokoda and go insane, Apocalypse Now style, and the AFL will have to send Sam Mitchell upriver to kill him? <laughs> I love that. I mean, I do love the idea. Apocalypse Clarko. I mean... Just imagine if Clarko's like... The Hawkers! The Hawkers! Just living on the Kokoda track. I I really... I, I, I'm fond of this. Clarko and his wife. He says, I'm going to take you overseas. He takes her to Kokoda. <laughs> Kokoda. <laughs> dirt track. When he says, I'm going to take you to the dirt track, she's like, oh, Clarko's getting oh, kinky. I don't know. <laughs> anniversary. No, no, no. no literal no. dirt track. You ever heard of Kokoda? That's where we're going. That's where we live now. Uh, Mini Me wants to know can Will get his mysterious AFL playing cousin on the show in the off season um, the one who, um, who who had to fight Tony Modger for his jumper I uh, maybe I don't know I'd like to hear more about that story it is I mean it is weird that we've done five seasons of this and then you just casually drop in that you're your, your cousin had to fight Tony Modger for the number six I don't know if it was jumper. Tony Modger. It was like someone. I, I don't have a lot of the details of this story, I realise. Some, no, someone sent a link. It was in Wikipedia. It's actually listed. It is Tony Modger. Yeah, it is Tony Modger. And that incident actually happened because it's listed on either Modger's Wikipedia page or your cousin's Wikipedia yeah, right. page. Um, Carlos says, how many times this week is my kid going to tell me we're going to lose to Essendon? Well, if there's anything like Will, probably every day. Yeah, that's all I think. Uh, James says, there's a Reddit thread asking what Australia's best comedians are, and there's a lot of Carl Barron shout-outs. Yeah, no. Is Will okay? Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Heath wants to know, after eight weeks away from home, is the real prize in the Swans-Giants final a chance to sleep in your own bed? Um, Why mess with a winning formula? They're both going great. I reckon they should just look to stay away for longer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been good for both of them. I think both of those teams have performed above the expectations that people had for them for the season. I'm uh, not sure if this has been this is from Josh. Not sure if this has been touched on. Is there anyone else missing Robbo on 360 or is it just me? Yeah, definitely missing Robbo. We, look, we make fun of Robbo, but he's an essential ingredient to that show i mean they're the original odd couple and as much as i love chief and chief is trying his hard to be grumpy it's not the same magic as as robbo and gerald it, it's funny because in any other context chief is clearly the grumpy one 
like Grumpy Chief, that is like identified with his whole personality. But when he sits in Robbo's chair, you're like, oh no. Like Chief's doing like an act, a grumpy act. But Robbo just is Robbo. Like yeah. there is no do pretense. His own show. That is the yeah. secret of Robbo. <laughs> there is absolutely no pretense. It's like the it's almost the same appeal as Alex Jones. Yeah. Like you could just put a camera on Robbo and listen to him ramble for half an hour and it's like, what is it? It's, it's almost <laughs> it's like a but I can't look away. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is great. I love it. This happens sometimes in the on the Twitter page where someone asks us a question and then someone else jumps in and answers it yeah. for us. So uh, Ed says potentially have uh, potentially have childhood best friends Viney and Wines lining up against each other in this grand final this year. Has that ever happened before? And Lee chimes in. In 1991, Ben Allen and Don Pike lined up on each other. They may have been the last to switch jumpers at the end of the grand final. Oh. So there you go. No need for us. Um, Al says this is not a question but did you see that Nick Revolt not missing the chance to give Reece Stanley a clip on Monday <laughs> for his failures against Melbourne I did say Reece that. Stanley the week before was best on ground against St Kilda um, that must have absolutely pissed off Nick Revolt to see Reece oh, playing so well against his team he would have been waiting for him to fuck up and <laughs> fuck up he did because he's Reece Stanley <laughs> And lastly, this is from Luke. Have the dogs fucked it? Yep. Is Bevo the most stubborn son of a mofo since horse when it comes to letting good players rot in the twos over some subjective bullshit that only he can see? Luke sounds like a very angry Bulldog supporter. Uh, I mean, I do think when it comes to this moment where you're suddenly like, oh, yeah, we've got all these guys in the twos, but none of them seem like the right fit for what we need. It, it is a bit frustrating. But I just think, I you know, there's still hope. You know, they they may they may just get it all going again. Who knows? But yeah, I believe in I believe it's not over yet. I believe in the Bulldogs still. I think they're, they're the bottom boys. Where we played like we got beaten by the Hawks. We got thrashed by the Hawks in Tasmania. If if you win the grand final this yeah. year, will you say now? Will you agree to refer to them only as the bottom boys for the whole of the twenty twenty two season? Better Bevo's bottom boys. <laughs> I'm glad you to say agree that, that those bottom boys got it done. <laughs> Look, I know it's a bit arsy, but those but... bottom boys got it done. <laughs> Um, all right, that's the show for this week. Don't forget, uh, tips on uh, uh, tips will be 5 p.m. Thursday on Instagram Live at, at two guys uh, at two guys one cup AFL on Instagram. Uh, but for now, play on, not 15. Whoa. We are two guys one cup.